You're listening to episode 46 of the Walking Closer podcast. Welcome to the Walking Closer podcast. I'm Adam Como, your host. Have you ever experienced burnout? Well, I have, and today I want to relate to you my experiences that you might be able to glean from. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. So I've been in full-time ministry for about 15 years now. I've served in churches of various sizes. Some have been so small, there were times I had to do just about everything, including lead every aspect of our worship times. So I've, I've worked with churches who had leadership structures, and those who did not, I, I have to say, that uh, being being on this side of ministry takes it takes its toll on a person, and I honestly think most people have no clue what you go through as a minister or a pastor. This is the reason why many people think you only work one day a week. And and in some respects, I'm not sure I would even expect people to understand what it's like to do what I do. But at the same time, it can make you feel under underappreciated, and whether that's justifiable or not, it just is. And sometimes you do feel that way. Now, granted, I, I don't know what it's like to work for a mega church and can't really speak in to those experiences, even though while there may be some differences, I would imagine there's some similarities as well. Uh, but that being said, the demands of ministry are uh, quite different than anything else I have experienced. I spent years working in the oil field in southern Louisiana. I also spent several years working in the advertisement business. Um, I, I'm no stranger to working with my hands, Um, But I have to say, the stress that comes with ministry, well, that's another beast. And uh, that's what I could speak into, right? To be on call 24-7, constantly dealing with controversy, playing the role of mediator, counselor, having to to basically be on virtually all the time. The kinds of problems you have to face, the negativity, the emotional roller coaster you sometimes ride going from one situation to the next, the demands that people put on on you to listen as people, you know, look to you for advice. And you sometimes feel this pressure from all sides with the expectations that people have, right? The the demands and the ultimatums people throw at you. Uh, sometimes people people never seem to be satisfied and, and want things their way, you know, hardly considering the interests of others and the controversy that ensues uh, from that. You know, helping people navigate the emotional jungles that, that come with tragedy and death and circumstances uh, like unfaithfulness, you know, divorce. This is not a complaint. You know, this, this is what I signed up for. But it will weigh you down over time. And you couple all this with the fact that you're on your own faith journey. Right? You're learning and growing and transforming. You have your own challenges and struggles. For you are human like everyone else, even if you're not treated like you are. You know, people do too. People do expect you to exemplify some other level of holiness. <laughs> Sometimes it seems they don't even hold themselves to. Uh, then you're expected to deliver this dynamic message every week that captivates all the listeners who will basically judge you as a person based on what you and, and deliver and how you deliver it. You might begin to feel like you're treated like something to be consumed unless like a person was a part of a family. Which, by the way, can sometimes be a very difficult thing to do when you're in ministry, to feel like you're actually a part of a family. 
Uh, you're more like a hired servant of the people. And this this can be clearly seen. And when a church hires a new pastor or minister, and they expect you to, as the outsider to come in and make everyone else feel at home. You know, I can go on and on. But this scratches the surface of the challenges that those in ministry might face. Even though you signed up for it, or you at least soon learned that this is what you signed up for afterwards, it simply beats you down, right? It's it's like you can get, uh, I joke about this, you can get church PTSD. And, and not to make light of PTSD, but it does make the point. No, after going through this for several years, the, the stress finally caught up to me a few years ago, and I experienced full-blown burnout. I was physically, emotionally, and mentally exhausted. I was becoming very cynical. Uh, I had no real compassion for people and their problems anymore. I just couldn't find the energy or the strength to have it. I, I found myself desiring to do anything else other than what I was doing. I started to only do what was necessary, really, and, and felt very ineffective. Felt like a failure. Like, like nothing I did was good enough. Obviously, I knew something wasn't right, and it's just within my nature to investigate and figure out what's going on with me. So I began to work through a workbook called Pastor Burnout by, by Daniel Sherman, which uh, was really helpful to me. And I want to share with you some of the things that I wrote down about what I was experiencing. And one of the exercises was to describe your energy level and how exhausted you are. And this is what I said. I always, I, I'm always tired. I, I would rather just sleep. I, I go home and I almost immediately fall asleep. I can sleep at work. And part of my ex- exhaustion, uh, being exhausted, is just constantly having to deal with problems. I'm tired of problems and trying to find solutions. I'm tired of opinions and negativity. I'm tired of people. Obviously, that indicates I was not in the best place possible, Uh, not in a good place at all to uh, be in ministry. I I was then asked to describe my level of cynicism, and uh, this is what I said. I am not engaged with leadership. I even rather not interact whatsoever. I am a little more distant from my wife and kids than I should be, and I withdraw emotionally from people when they express negative opinions. And then I was asked to describe the quality and effectiveness of, of my ministry, and I simply said, I feel inadequate. I just try and work through it all. I felt exhausted all the time. And you can even probably even see it in, in answering some of these questions if you would go through this workbook and as I was trying to figure this stuff out. I just couldn't come up with the right words, couldn't explain myself in detail. I felt exhausted. I felt like my work was too intense all the time. I felt like I wasn't accomplishing anything. I was just going through the motions. I wanted to just avoid people. I was always grouchy. And the quality of my work was poor because I didn't work as hard as usual. And quite honestly, I just didn't, I just didn't care and would rather avoid work altogether. But in a work by Leiter and Mosluck, I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce those names, but it's entitled Banishing Burnout. They list six areas a person can become mismatched with their jobs. And this uh, mismatching uh, can contribute to um, the burnout one experiences. And the six areas uh, that they mention are workload, control, reward, fairness, community, and values. Now, I'm not going to go into much detail about those at all, um, but if you, you can read about them in Banishing Burnout. 
I discovered that there was a mismatch between who I am and my job in four areas. Um, Workload, control, reward, and fairness. Um, And I just want to read to you again um, my experiences and how I... Even, even, even how I talked about them, how I wrote these things down. There, there's some underlying things there that are not very, very clear to me. But these were my experiences. Uh, when it came to workload, I said conflicts within seem to be more severe and intense, and there seems to be a lack of structure internally. When it came to the control that I had, I said I have very little control over making big decisions or changes, and we tote the line in the P traditional standards, and that was a that was a conflict for me. Um, when it came to rewards, I questioned whether I can really raise my four girls being in ministry. I can't provide for them the way that I, I would like to. And then when it came to fairness, I said lots of key leaders are not on the same page and communication uh, was suffering for it or because of it. Um, and obviously, again, a lot of underlying things there, but these were some things that I was experiencing and, how, and I'm trying to wrap my head around why I was experiencing what I was experiencing and um, you know, uh, and trying to understand you know, what was going on with me and how, uh, why I was responding the way I was responding, you know, to my environment. And then I further learned that there were some things about me that might have made me more susceptible to burnout in that season of my life and why I took things the way that I took them. I realized that I had been feeling this way for a couple of years uh, on and off. Uh, in other words, it had begun... Uh, to surface a few years back, um, but it was always just underlying, underlying un- underneath the surface. And but now it was inescapable. Uh, it was full blown, clear as day. Uh, and I was in a place where dealing with people and the conflict they brought was just overbearing. I, I just didn't want to deal with the problems and finding solutions anymore. I'd become really unassertive when dealing with people and fighting for what I believed because it just just didn't seem like it was worth it. Um, you know, I've always wore my emotions on my sleeve, and, and I was really struggling with frustration and anger and being able to control that. And, and I was the kind of person who didn't even realize when I was stressed. Um, and that was a problem because at the same time, there was this great inner turmoil within me. I felt like I had little to no control over how things went. And doesn't matter if I needed to have it or not. It's how I felt, and, and it was a problem. It was a conflict, and I was constantly trying to meet people where they were, and I had reached my limit. Um, what I also learned was that sometimes the signs of depression can be seen with burnout. Um, I was restless. I didn't want to be where I was, but wasn't sure where to go, and I wanted to escape, but I didn't know how. I wanted to go somewhere or do something that would make me feel better, but didn't know where to go or what to do. It just really made me feel helpless. And, and as I mentioned before, I'd become very cynical. I was I was starting to focus on all the negativity and faults of other people. And there were times I didn't want to be around anyone, even people I had no problems with. I, uh, my frustrations were everywhere and demonstrated in everything. I, I would think to myself, people are so incompetent, and I'm tired of dealing with incompetency. But then at the same time, I felt incompetent. I lost, I lost my joy. I found no joy in anything. Uh, doing anything really felt like a burden. Um, I felt lethargic, felt hopeless, felt worthless. I was really in bad shape. Um, so how did I deal with it? Right? How, how did I make it through this? And understanding that burnout didn't happen overnight. It, it was a process that led me there. 
and getting out of it was a process. It was a journey that took time. I want to go through a few things, though, with you that I think might be helpful to you if you find yourself there. Uh, and just the specific things that I did that I knew that I needed to do that I could do immediately that would help make a difference almost immediately. Um, I realized, number one, that everything I did, I did it like I was in a rush. And I realized I needed to start my day off um, by slowing down. Going to the gym felt like a deadline that I had to meet. But don't rush in the morning. I always, you know, I always felt like I was in a rush, even when I wasn't in a rush. I felt like I was in a rush. And to remind myself that there, there wasn't a deadline to most of what I did during my day, and there was, there was no need to feel like there was. And so, you know, taking the time to slow down, and anytime I felt like there was that rush, uh, and there really wasn't a deadline, uh, I had to be very intentional about telling myself, you know, to come out of that, and that uh, I wasn't in a rush. It's to stop, take a deep breath, and relax. The other thing that I realized, and I was, I've always been this way, is um, I actually uh, needed to take a break for lunch. Something as simple as that. I would just work right through lunch. Sometimes I wouldn't even eat lunch at all. I'd just keep working. Um, but I realized that I needed to take a step back. I needed to step away and actually take a lunch. Uh, this is something I knew I could do immediately. Whether it's just leaving the whole office uh, building or just leaving my office in general. Um, I knew that I needed to take a lunch. And that was something I could do immediately to step away from the stresses and to take a break. Um, and learning how to do that was was key and was important and it has made a difference um also with the anger and frustrations that i was feeling constantly i realized that i needed to immediately when i felt those things that to stop the process and deal with the anger and the frustrations by just simply slowing down taking a deep breath and in the situations um consider you know especially when there are people involved and maybe some based on something that somebody said or did when you don't have the full picture Right to stop and not jump to conclusions. To consider alternative views of why what why things might have happened the way they happened, why someone might have done or said what they did, and then just simply, generally, just thinking the best of people and giving them the benefit of the doubt. You know, I need to love people. Um, and then whenever there wasn't uh, there was confusion, or if I needed help in making sure that I wasn't misreading or overreading or underreading or you know whatever it was that I was doing, uh, reach out for clarity, um, and or even reaching out you know, through that to help make sure that I'm thinking straight about things. Um, and clarity is a huge, a huge deal for me. It's a, it's a main core value of mine that I realized about a year ago. Um, and it's funny to look back and look at my notes and look at things that I did, you know, years ago and uh, see that it was there then that I needed it. Um, I just didn't realize, you know, how much of a, of a, of a value it was that, you know, how valuable it was to me. Um, that I needed clarity. And um, when I don't have clarity, I have a hard time functioning. And you could see it then uh, as it is, as I see it now. But today, uh, I, I search for it. I seek it. I even ask, I need clarity. And people people know that it's something that I highly value uh, because I need it. And this is one of those things that, that I've learned through this, through this journey. But then when it came to workload, the workload, oftentimes the workload that I felt I had was not really the workload that I actually had. I realized that some of the stress was not coming from things I actually had to do, but from the things that simply just needed to be done. And I felt like I just needed to be the person to do it because sometimes it's just better for you to do it yourself. But I needed not to allow the stress to build up within me. I needed not to respond this way. And I needed to bring those things to the table so that solutions could be found. And maybe it would be concluded that I needed to be the one to do something. Um, but don't take that job on 
needlessly. Okay, don't take on stress that you don't need to carry. Um, and then another problem that I had was that I often felt like people were just feeding off my energy and not the actual message that I was delivering. I felt like people just wanted me to captivate them and keep their attention and run around stage and talk loud or fast or whatever it is. But, uh, and that bothered me. It created a huge conflict within me. But I had to come to the conclusion that the reality is there's very little I could do about that. And that's the sort of thing that is out of my hands. And I had to come to terms with that and just get comfortable in my own skin and just be who I am and do what I do and let the rest fall where it will. Um, I also had to realize uh, my need to be more assertive in certain situations, right? That there are certain things that are out of my control, but there are certain things that I need to take control of. Um, but in those situations where I needed to take control, I needed to make sure that I demonstrated some gratitude and appreciation for other people in doing so. And along with that, um, remember I said before that I need to give people the benefit of the doubt and, and to show love and respect regardless of who those persons or that person who they were. I remember that I could set the tone for a discussion based on my approach or my response. Um, and so if I made sure that um, in being assertive that I demonstrated appreciation and gratitude for who they were and meeting them where they were and making them feel comfortable in knowing that I'm actually listening and that I see their perspective or at least that I'm trying to, it could really set the tone for how the discussion goes. And that really opens up the gate to be more assertive and be more comfortable in my skin in doing so. And in line with all of this, I knew that I needed to spend more time in prayer. Not just for myself, but for the community, for the people, for even for my critics, right? Um, I, I needed to learn to express gratitude regularly uh, because I was so focused on the negative. Right? I was becoming so cynical that in expressing the gratitude on a regular basis, either just in thoughts or in literal, literal terms, um, it would help me focus more on the positive and help me see more of the positive. That's there to see. But if you know, you're looking for problems, that's what you're going to find. If you're looking for solutions, that's what you're going to find. If you're looking for the negativity, that's what you will find. And if you're looking for the positive stuff, well, guess what? You've guessed it. That's what you'll find. And then I also had to remind myself what I was called to do, all right, and remember my calling, um, what I was created to do, and not take on a calling that isn't mine, right? Being okay with who I am and with my ability, uh, being okay with where my strengths lie and even where my weaknesses lie. Um, remember what I'm called to do and do that, and don't take on more than I'm called to do. And uh, that was extremely important to me. Now, those are some of the things that I needed to do immediately. But recovery, as I said earlier, was, was a journey. It was a process that took time. On the next episode, I'm going to share with you some things that I learned through that process as I began to journey on my way out of this very, very dark place. But that's next time on the Walking Closer podcast. So thanks for listening to this episode. Please consider subscribing uh, to this podcast. You don't miss an episode. And if you like what you heard, please consider sharing. And if you have any questions, you can drop me an email. You can send it to Adam at walkingcloser.com. And join me next time as we explore becoming like Jesus from the inside.